You're listening to The Spiritual Awakening Show. I go by Brent Spirits, and today I want to give you some perspective and reveal the down-to-earth humanity that all spiritual masters have while they exist in a physical body. What I mean is, I want to show you that nobody, not even a fully self-realized spiritual master, is perfect. We all have certain flaws, quirks, hang-ups, things to work on, a sexuality, preferences, and so on. By seeing this, you'll be able to let go of some of your own unworthiness and aspirations for perfection, which might be holding you back from stepping into your own self-realization, which could very well be just a moment away. In this episode, I'll be sharing some insights that may come across as a little unusual. I'm blowing the lid off the nature of spiritual masters, not to bring them down, but to lift you up and to bring spiritual mastery within your reach. You can find out more about me and my work at brentspirit.com. Get in touch if you have any questions or comments. Now, let's explore the humanity of the masters. Recently, someone who I recognized as a deeply integrated, wise, and powerful self-realized spiritual master approached me for help with his worldly situation. He was in a very low and unstable place on all fronts, emotionally, physically, financially, career-wise, personal relationship-wise, and so on. A real mess. Initially, I couldn't believe it. I have to admit, it shook me up. How could someone who I looked up to so much, who had shown me without a doubt their evolved consciousness and wisdom, be going through such difficulty? I contemplated it, and I processed it deeply. In doing so, I saw that I was still holding on to certain ideals and standards for how a spiritual master must appear. By holding such ideals and standards for another, I was at the same time holding myself back from total acceptance of myself and my own personal flaws and shortcomings. Put simply, I was feeling like a spiritual master must look a certain way. Perfect. And if I didn't look perfect, which of course I don't, then I'm not yet ready for full spiritual mastery. Like this, my ego, with its conditioning and insecurity, was holding self-realization away from itself. Another clever trick of the ego, perhaps the most clever one. But the fact of the matter is, when it comes to emotional, physical, psychological, or spiritual challenges, nobody is free from them. The sooner one can accept and realize this, the sooner one can embrace their humanity and stop delaying their own spiritual development. So I got to thinking, why do we think that our spiritual masters need to be perfect? Where do these ideals come from, and why have we let them go unexamined? Generally speaking, I think that these ideas are mostly as a consequence of the modern world's separation from true mysticism. Lately, mystics are rarely recognized, if at all. The few that are recognized by the masses lived thousands of years ago, and history has ensured that their humanity has been scrubbed away, leaving only a perfect, polished image. Take Jesus, for example. I love Jesus, by the way. Over 2,000 years, he has been presented as a perfect, godlike being. To think that he had flaws, quirks, or hang-ups is almost blasphemous, in a sense. But it's important to consider. Let me get a little crass for a minute. Bear with me. Did it ever cross your mind to consider 
that Jesus had to go to the bathroom. How about the Buddha? Did you know that they both had to go poop? And that it smelled? And that they didn't have toilet paper back then? Really contemplate this. Notice what arises. Maybe there's part of you that feels like it's wrong to think of these spiritual masters in this way, as if it's disrespectful, blasphemy, or even just simply not true. If you feel guilty even thinking about these things, why? Every part of you that holds a master to an extreme ideal is simultaneously holding mastery away from you. Maybe when you contemplate Jesus walking off the trail and finding a tree to go pee on, there's a part of you that suddenly feels a certain relaxation and ease in knowing that you can relate with him on this very down-to-earth topic. Look, I'm not trying to be crude. I'm trying to snap you out of any ideals that are unrealistic. I want you to know what Jesus knew. I want you to be what the Buddha was. So let's start by contemplating the things we have in common with them, like using the bathroom. For me, it's contemplations like this that have really helped me to overcome certain blocks, unworthiness, and issues with self-acceptance as I walk my spiritual path. I've talked about this before, but it's relevant here too. I met Matt Kahn in the bathroom once. He's one of my all-time favorite spiritual teachers and a genuine master, in my humble opinion. During one of his live events, I caught myself in awe of his presence and gifts. I was putting him on a pedestal and telling myself that I cannot attain spiritual mastery until I can do what he can do. Then an intuitive message came into my consciousness. It said that just like me, Matt Kahn also has to use the bathroom sometimes. Suddenly, he felt a little more relatable and human. A couple hours later, I bumped into him in the bathroom and got to connect with him in person. This was a very auspicious experience for me. Matt Kahn is incredible. He speaks and writes some of the most powerful, energetically infused transmissions that I've come across. Particularly, he shared some of the most valuable information on relationships that I've ever found. Well, one day, he shared that his marriage of one year had come to an end, resulting in divorce. This blew me away. How could Matt Kahn need a divorce? How could he marry the wrong person? How could he not be able to solve his relationship challenges and continue his commitment? He's Matt Kahn, a master. How is this happening? Just like with my recent encounter with my other self-realized friend whose life was a mess, I needed to process this news of Matt Kahn's divorce. Another instance of seeing humanity in a master was when I sat with Shinzen Young during one of his retreats. Shinzen is one of the most influential mindfulness and meditation teachers in the West. He's genuine and honest. He spoke at his retreat about how he had been offered a great book deal from his publisher to write about enlightenment and mindfulness, and he accepted this offer. But for some reason, he couldn't bring himself to write the book. He admitted that he was a procrastinator. He revealed to us that he had to go to therapy to overcome his procrastination. Can you believe it? A Zen master, Shinzen Young, mindfulness expert, had an issue with procrastination. That's crazy and incredibly powerful to contemplate. You can be a Zen master and still need to go to therapy to overcome some of your hang-ups. 
contemplate that. Just like my self-realized friend's messy life circumstance and Matt Con's divorce, I had to sit and process and think about Shins and Young's issue with procrastination. After doing all of this, I came to understand a few things which I'll share with you here. Of course, as I've been saying, there's no perfect master. We're all fully capable of having our lives fall apart in all dimensions, whether we're self-realized or not. I've seen it happen to others, and I'm not going to pretend that it can't happen to me. You shouldn't either. As well, when it comes to the teachings that a master might bring forth, one needs to understand that they're likely bringing forth messages that they themselves may not have yet been able to fully integrate within their own lives. Often, a teacher is divinely inspired to channel messages from source. These messages are typically at a higher level of consciousness than the speaker has been able to perfectly embody in their own lives. In this way, the teacher is not only sharing a message from source, but they're also listening and learning from it as well. They're both the speaker and the audience, the writer and the reader. So, give your spiritual teachers a bit of slack. They're not hypocrites if they speak on the best way to function in a healthy relationship while not thriving in their own relationships in all ways at all times, for example. They're allowed to teach highly evolved material and still be working on applying that material and overcoming their own challenges too. They're human. If you can give a master permission to be imperfect, to be human, then you'll simultaneously give yourself the same permission and be able to step into your own mastery too. Of course, please don't misinterpret what I'm saying to mean that you should let a spiritual master, teacher, or other figure act in abusive ways. I'm not speaking about allowing abuse. That's never acceptable. I'm speaking about allowing our teachers to be human. I'm speaking about allowing them to be relatable and real. If you get close to any master, if you're lucky enough to, you will see a human. You may be disillusioned as you come to see that they're not that unusual, in a sense. They're just people. Special people. Self-realized people, yes. But they're still people. Though I play this role of spiritual teacher, those in my close circle would probably have a lot to say about me and my flaws, quirks, and humanity. Perhaps you can pick up on some of them from this podcast alone. The fact is, no matter how deep your self-realization goes, you'll still have some humanity that remains to keep you grounded and in the world until your time comes to leave your body. When you set an inhuman standard for what self-realization is or looks like, you set yourself up for failure. You also set yourself up for disappointment when you realize that masters have flaws. I leave you with something to contemplate. Where, within your own life, are you denying your humanity and flaws, thinking that you need to be perfect in order to accept your self-realization and spiritual mastery that's innate within you already in this moment? What about yourself do you think needs to change before you can be a master? For example, is it your diet and lifestyle? Well, I can show you masters that are obese, that smoke, that don't exercise. So now what's your excuse? Is it that you still get triggered and emotional sometimes? Well, I can show you masters that still get triggered and emotional sometimes too. 
So that can't be an issue. Go down your whole list of hangups. Know that all of them, every single one, is welcome in spiritual mastery. Mastery is total acceptance. Nothing needs to change about you except your denial of yourself as you are. Let me know how you feel about all of this. My email inbox is always open for questions and feedback. You can reach out at info at I'll catch you later. Much love. Peace. Peace.